As we all know, Hoffman Forest is up for sale and there's been a bunch of controversy about it. The potential buyers of the forest are interested in renovating the land for homes and military training grounds. Through negotiations of sale, a prospectus was leaked. A prospectus is a preliminary printed statement that describes an enterprise and that is distributed to prospective buyers, investors, or participants. NC State claims to have no knowledge of this prospectus and states that they only meant for the land to be preserved. However, there are many economic and agricultural benefits to developing the land. The soil in Hoffman Forest is very rich and nutritional for planting grain. There's also the possibility of rock quarrying and mining to sell the rich soil and then turning these holes into ponds and lakes to serve as amenities for the development. The military can also use this land for many things like building an airstrip, tactical landing zones, and training sites. But they only intend to use some of the land for a 50-year deal. The military base Camp Lejeune is a big economic factor in Onslow County and the areas around it. So expanding Camp Lejeune will provide economic benefit to the surrounding towns and counties. There's been a lot of miscommunication amongst the buyers and NC State, making the idea of Hoffman Forest selling a very shady subject. NC State students and professors believe that selling the forest will be disastrous and the environmental impacts will be irreversible. But despite the opposition, the Board of Trustees for the Endowment Fund of NC State have agreed to terms of selling. The buyer confirmed to NC State in their agreement that the property will not be developed into large commercial and residential communities and that any changes to accommodate development will require a county public approval process. NC State agreed to the sale because they believe in investing the proceeds that they could use a more consistent stream of money to the College of Natural Resources. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Michaela O'Connor. The section of Hillsborough Street from Dan Allen all the way past PB's is on the book for renovation and has been for about a decade. But with everything, there comes stout opposition from the community. That block of Hillsborough has a lot of significant history to the city and the university. Many people in the community believe that this part of Hillsborough adds character, making it very unique. A lot of businesses in the area have already been put out of business, like the brewery and PB's. They're being demolished to make way for a North Hills-esque shopping complex it's believed that this type of complex would not do well and not be welcomed in the college and industrial type area of Hillsboro. The outspoken individuals about the topic believe that efforts to improve Raleigh should be concentrated elsewhere, like in the Warehouse District, Glenwood Avenue, or even the nightlife of Raleigh and other entertainment activities while keeping the character of historical Raleigh. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Michaela O'Connor. Each year, the Human Rights Campaign publishes the Municipality Equality Index, in which cities across the country are evaluated for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender equality available through its laws and policies. The selection of cities is a careful balance of capital cities, cities with the largest populations nationwide and statewide, university-encompassing cities, and same-sex couple distribution. One of the key features of the study is its emphasis on city-specific policy and law, regardless of state laws that are in place. The publishers note that while bad state laws do not detract from a city's score, good state laws can help. 
For this reason, cities that are highly ranked may in fact not be the most LGBT-friendly areas, and some lower-ranking cities may be more welcoming than their scores indicate. Cities are ranked on a scale of 1 to 100, with 57 being the national average. Six cities in North Carolina are ranked, and in ascending order they are Fayetteville with 23, Winston-Salem with 34, Greensboro with 42, Raleigh with 43, Charlotte with 51, and Durham with 56. While all of these fall below the national average, North Carolina's cities, among others across the country, demonstrate the ability of a municipality to move towards LGBT equality in the face of a non-inclusive state policy. For North Carolina cities, there are no employment or housing non-discrimination laws on any level. Similarly, relationship recognition in any form is absent, though notably, all of the evaluated cities had domestic partner registry as an option for same-sex couples prior to the adoption of Amendment 1. Charlotte, Durham, and Greensboro all scored particularly high in municipal employment with near-comprehensive non-discrimination laws and benefits for LGBT municipal employees. While the rest of the evaluated cities were not well-ranked in these regards, all of North Carolina's cities earned bonus points for transgender-inclusive healthcare benefits and a welcoming atmosphere for municipal work. In terms of general relationship with the LGBT community, Durham and Charlotte rated highest, with Raleigh and Greensboro not far behind. To see the specific ratings of every city evaluated in the report, visit hrc.org MEI. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Nick Savage. The NC State football team lost to Boston College 38-21 in a crucial road game this week. The Wolfpack had a good performance from starting quarterback Pete Thomas, but couldn't overcome over 400 rushing yards from the Eagles, 348 of which were from running back Andre Williams. Three NC State players threw a touchdown in the afternoon. Starter Pete Thomas, backup Garrett Letham, wide receiver Rashard Smith all got a touchdown through the air, with Smith also having a receiving touchdown. With this loss, they are now 3-7 in Dave Doran's first season and will unfortunately not qualify for a bowl. However, they will return to Carter-Finley this Saturday to battle in-state rival ECU for bragging rights. The men's basketball team played two games this week, losing to Cincinnati 68-57 in the college basketball tip-off marathon, and then bouncing back to beat Campbell 81-66 at home. NC State was able to go into halftime of the Cincinnati game, tied due to a blistering 45% three-point percentage, but saw their shots run cold in the second half against a very physical and experienced Bearcat team. T.J. Warren led the way against Campbell with 23 points. The Wolfpack also showed very good balance, with three other players also scoring in double digits. A big surprise in this game was that 5'11 point guard Tyler Lewis, who's usually the smallest player on the court, led the team in rebounding with eight. Lewis also had six points and nine assists, which almost gave him a triple-double. The men's basketball team is now 2-1 and one on the season. They will next be in action tomorrow night at home against North Carolina Central. The women's basketball team beat Presbyterian and Morgan State this week by scores of 85-45 and 94-52 respectively. The Lady Pack connected on 14 three-pointers against Presbyterian, which is good for the second highest total in team history. NC State was dominant again against Morgan State, with center Cody Burke leading a scoring effort with 23 points. This basketball team has been truly dominant so far. They haven't trailed in any of their games. They are now 4-0 and will face Tulane this Sunday. The volleyball team played two games this week against teams from the state of Virginia, beating Virginia 3-2 and then losing to Virginia Tech 3-0 on senior night. Junior Rachel Buckley recorded a career-high 17 kills to lead the Wolfpack to their 20th win in the game against Virginia. Juniors Nikki Glass and Darian Hopper both had 10 kills against Virginia Tech in a losing effort. Congratulations to the volleyball seniors on a fantastic final season. Everybody here at WKNC would like to wish them good luck in the rest of the regular season. 
as well as in their inevitable postseason endeavors. The volleyball team is now 20-8 and and will face UNC tomorrow at home. Both NC State cross-country teams came in third place at the NCAA Regionals this past weekend. Andrew Colley led the men with a second-place finish that was good enough to qualify him for an individual berth in the NCAA Finals. Joanna Thompson finished fifth, which was also good for a berth in the NCAA Finals. The Wolfpack had six runners that made all-region. The NC State men received word yesterday that they had received an at-large berth in the Finals at Indiana State on November 23rd that they will make everyone here at NC State very proud. That's it for sports, but if you would like more in-depth coverage, be sure to tune in tomorrow at 7 for Pulse of the Pack right here on 88.1 WKNC. Talk to me, so you can see. Here's what's going on at NC State. Tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the 10th Annual Passport Fair in the Hunt Library. If you plan to study abroad or travel internationally, this fair is a great opportunity to get your passport application submitted conveniently on campus in just one stop. The Passport Fair is open to the public, so feel free to bring friends and family. Wednesday evening from 7.30 to 9 p.m., the Creative Writing Program presents author Rebecca Lee. Writer of Birdsong and Other Stories and The City is a Rising Tide, Ms. Lee will announce the winners of the 2013 NC State Short Story Contest and read excerpts from her works. Also tomorrow evening is a sneak preview for the movie Lone Survivor. Based on a failed Navy SEAL mission in 2005, the film will be showing for free in the campus cinema at 8pm. For more information and to claim a viewing pass, visit uab.ncsu.edu. Thursday at 4pm is the next in the Math Department's Distinguished Faculty Colloquium. Professor Michael Shearer will deliver a lecture titled Shockwaves in Sass Hall and refreshments will be provided. Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. is the Crafts Fair hosted by the NCSU Crafts Center. The 29th Annual Fair and Sale will feature works by the Crafts Center's own artists and craftspeople. Meet the craftspeople and enjoy complimentary refreshments while shopping for unique items for yourself or those special people on your holiday gift list. Visit ncsu.edu crafts for more information. The Carolina Roller Girls will host their annual charity bout on Saturday the 23rd at Dorton Arena on the NC State Fairgrounds. Doors open at 2 p.m., the first bout is at 3 p.m., and the headlining bout is at 5 p.m. Visit carolinarollergirls.com for more information. Also on Saturday is the Chocolate 5K, which will benefit the Autism Society of North Carolina. At each of the water stations along the route, sweet treats can be picked up, with more chocolate to be had at the end of the race. Support a good cause and have a good time. Next Monday at 7 p.m. in Thompson Hall is the NCSU Jazz Combos. NCSU graduate and undergraduate ensembles will perform original and standard jazz repertoires, including student arrangements. The concert is free and open to the public. This weekend at the Campus Cinema, the films Fast and Furious 6, Red 2, and Finding Nemo will be showing. Check uab.ncsu.edu slash films schedule for times. For more information on these events and more, go to ncsu.edu slash calendar. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Nick Savage.